0: Chapter One of Zauberlinda the Wise Witch by Eva Catherine Gibson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Miriam Esther Goldman. Chapter One, Annie's Home. It stood in the midst of wheat fields. The little brown house where Annie lived. In the early summer, when the wind waved the young grain, it looked all silvery green, like a rippling sea around the farm on all sides, wide rolling prairies stretched away without houses, trees, or hills, except to the northwest, where, far away in the distance, the high peaks of the mountains known as the Black Hills stood up clear and dark against the deep blue Dakota sky. Annie, who was a thoughtful little girl, would often pause in her work or play, and stand watching those distant hills that seemed to rise abruptly from the level plains the prairies around her were in many ways beautiful but they were not forever changing in appearance as were the hills when the sun was shining the peaks stood out very clearly purple and dark when it rained they looked shadowy and cloud-like after a sultry hot day the black thunder clouds would roll up in the sky and gather around the mountain tops then annie used to fancy that some powerful witch lived up there with strange monsters and queer wild birds and beasts to do her bidding when the lightning began to play in zigzag flashes through the black storm cloud annie would snatch her doll arabella from its little crib call silvertip her maltese cat and tell them they must all hurry to hide away in the haymow for the big red dragon who lived up on harney's peak was very angry and was lashing his fiery tail then they would all rush into the barn where the frightened hens had gathered and climbing up into the hay-mow they would cover themselves up with the fragrant dry grass and wait until the thunder-shower was over annie had to make up plays and games for herself for their nearest neighbor niels nielsen a norwegian farmer lived eight miles away and as the little girl had no brothers or sisters her only playmates were arabella and her maltese cat who was called silvertip because he was all a beautiful dark blue colour except the tip of his tail which was pure white annie had brought him up by hand for he had been given to her when he was only a little weak helpless kitten She had taken such good care of him that now, although a young cat, he was very big and strong, and so knowing that he understood nearly everything his little mistress said to him. He used to tell Annie about his adventures in his queer cat way, and would become very much excited if she did not seem to understand all he said. He followed her everywhere. When she watered her flowers or went down to the barn to hunt for eggs, or down to the creek to gather cowslips, In fact, Silvertip was such a wise and brave and cunning cat that he was a splendid companion, and Annie thought the world of him. Yet, good as he was, he was still not quite without faults. He was rough and boisterous in his play at times, being a boy-cat, and he was not as conscientious about some things as he should have been. Once he came home from a hunting trip on the prairie with a young bird in his mouth, which he carried into the house— "'and laid down at Annie's feet. "'Then he looked up at her very proudly and purred, "'as though he had done something very fine and noble. "'Annie was shocked and grieved. "'She scolded Silvertip and whipped him soundly. "'Poor fellow, it was the first time he had ever been punished, "'and he looked so sad and ashamed that Annie petted him afterwards "'and gave him an extra saucer of cream.' pete pumpernickel told her that this was the right way to train a cat after that silvertip let the innocent birds alone and only caught rats and mice annie's mother had died when she was a baby and so her father had brought her out to south dakota to live with her grandmother on the farm her father was away from home most of the time he was prospecting up among the hills which means that he was looking for a gold mine Annie was very anxious to have him find it, for when he should be lucky enough to find a mine, it would make them all rich, and then Annie's father had promised to move to town and send his little daughter to school. It seemed to her as though they had been waiting and hoping and waiting to find this gold mine ever since she could remember. Sometimes she grew almost discouraged. But Mr. McLean was a cheerful man, and was sure that they would strike it rich, as he called it, very, very soon annie's grandmother was a good kind woman and a nice housekeeper she could make such delicious strawberry shortcake that there never was any left when they had company the little girl's grandmother loved her dearly but there was always so much work to be done that she never found time to talk with the child when annie wanted to know why everything was so strange and beautiful in the world around her why the colors on the butterfly's wings were so gay why the wild geese always flew in such a queer-shaped flock why the dragonfly had such bright eyes what the katydids were always talking about how the swallows happened to know just the right time to fly northward and a great many other things then her grandmother would say there there child you will drive me wild with your foolish questions run away and play i'm too busy to bother with you now this hurt annie's feelings "'for she felt so little and the world seemed so strange and big "'and there were so many things to learn "'and no way of finding out about them "'unless someone would take the time to answer her questions. "'When her father would come home to stay a few days "'she would try timidly to talk with him, "'but he was never interested in the subjects Annie found so fascinating and delightful. "'He was very fond of her, however, "'and would take her on his knee. "'and let her look at things through his pocket-glass, "'which he carried to examine ores with, "'and would tell her what they would do "'when he struck it rich and found his gold-mine. "'Then, my daughter,' he would say, "'stroking her hair with his rough, kind hand, "'then we will move right away to some big city, "'say to Denver or to Omaha or Chicago. "'Yes, we will move to Chicago, I guess, Annie, "'and Father will hire a lady to teach you everything.' She shall have nothing else to do all day long but to answer your questions and teach you to play on the piano. Usually, after saying this, her father would take a bit of ore out of his pocket and look at it carefully through his pocket-glass, turning it over and examining it upon every side very thoroughly. Then he and his hired man, Pete Pumpernickel, would sit, talking of ores and mines, while the sun sank down in the western plains and the fireflies began their dance over the wheat-fields while the bats came out and circled about their heads and Annie would leave them to go in and put Arabella to bed chapter one recording by miriam esther goldman